What the fuck is going on, everybody? Welcome in to the Long Game Dynasty Podcast, a weekly roundtable discussion about Dynasty fantasy football. Today, more of a square table, a small two-top, if you will. Trey and Tarek are out of the office today, so we're going to skip the traditional coin toss and, in the interest of time, forgo the national anthem. John. Darn. Darn it. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning. Uh, I'm doing great, Mitch. It's a... it's great to be here with you. Uh, I see you're you're taking your hosting duties very seriously, and you've, you're, this is now a hot streak for you. Two, Two weeks in a row, row, baby. Yeah. Yeah, until Tarek gets back, I'm just keeping that seat warm for him. All right, Marles. Well, I, I'm excited about this one. Let's, let's get into it. All right, let's do it. It's part four of our divisional preview. So, obviously my favorite division in the NFL, the AFC South. Today, since there's just the two of us, we're going to look at where DLF, Keep Trade Cut, has these players ranked. We're going to take our personal ranks into play, and uh, we're going to talk about where we're going to be taking some of these players in startup drafts or rookie drafts. We have a lot to talk about. So instead of the coin toss, I want to at least have a little fun, maybe some future bets. So, John, give me the odds, or never tell me the odds, whatever. So uh, we've got some odds here for... Uh, the favorite to win uh, the division that we're talking about today. And right now, it looks like the odds on favorite to win the division is the Indianapolis Colts, followed closely behind by the Tennessee Titans. And then uh, there's a pretty wide gap in the odds uh, going to the Jacksonville Jaguars. And then a huge chasm, plus 3,000 for the Houston Texans. So, uh, you know, pretty close Lights to the your money on fire. Yeah. Well, there's there's like a group of two there and a group of two on the top and a group of two on the bottom. It looks like I think that's fair, right? It's either the Colts or the Titans division. And this may come as a shock to the listeners, but I, I think I'd give the edge to the Titans. But honestly, the odds aren't great, like either way. So you're not making a whole lot of money if you bet on the Titans or Colts. Right. What did you say the the odds were? Yeah, so uh, the Colts were like hovering around minus 110 and Titans right around plus 150. So it's not like going to be, a, you, you're going to bet some money to make some money on this. It's not going to be uh, a huge money maker. But, you know, the, the Titans, that would definitely make you some money's, uh, money there. I, would, I think I'd prefer the Colts, though. They brought in the experienced quarterback, Matt Ryan. Um, I think that there's probably just less question marks overall. With the Colts, I think they're an older team, uh, more experienced team. I, I don't, I'm, I'm not sure it's necessarily a better team, but I think they're probably going to be better in 2022. I guess we'll talk about why later today. You, you not taking the outside shot at the Jags, man? You know, I think the Jags are going to be better this year, uh, and specifically, I think their quarterback is going to be better this year. But I do not think the Jags are going to make a lot of noise in this division. No, nah. and that's not a hot take. I don't think. <laughs> uh, that's fair. I'm not. I'm not going to get dirty with that one. Well, let's hop in though, and uh, let's let's go ahead and go straight to the division champion Titans here at quarterback. Ryan Tannehill. And last we checked in with Ryan Tannehill, he was chucking picks to the eventual Super Bowl runner-up Cincinnati Bengals. And he played so fucking bad in that game that it's documented that he sought therapy. And uh, what do the Titans do to help him out there? Well, they traded away his top weapon in A.J. Brown and uh, drafted his replacement in Malik Willis. Am I getting this right? So 
what do we do with Ryan Tannehill from a fantasy perspective? I think maybe I could paint a better picture. Ryan Tannehill finished the last two seasons as a quarterback one, and that's real. And he did that with a predominantly rush-first offense. And speaking of that, he banked seven rushing touchdowns last year and the year before. But Keep Trade Cut has Tanny at quarterback 25, and DLF has him at quarterback 22. And that's kind of no man's land. So, John, let's talk about it. Where do you have Ryan Tannehill for in your personal ranks? Yeah, I guess I'm kind of in no man's land as well. So, Ryan Tannehill is QB 12 last year, uh, 3,700 yards passing, uh, 21 touchdowns, 14 interceptions, pretty solid year. Uh, I think going into last season, he was a lot of people's uh, kind of dark horse, like a guy you could get as a QB2 who could end up being a QB1, and that's exactly what he did. But because of the way the season ended and because of the offseason, he has fallen a lot, and for me as well. But uh, I've got him as QB23. Uh, I still like him as a QB2. I, I think if he's the QB2 on your Superflex team, you can be pretty happy about that, but the teams where I do have Tannehill, I'm making sure that I've got Willis sitting there on my taxi squad as well because I'm not sure uh, that it's a guarantee that Tannehill necessarily makes it through the entire season if something goes haywire. Oh, you're, you're, You've got the inside knowledge here. What are the chances Tannehill is playing the entire season? I'd say they're pretty good, honestly. The Titans have tasted some potential playoff glory here uh they they've finished over 500 for the past several seasons and Mm -hmm. have made made their case in the last like three seasons right where they lost to the ravens they lost to the chiefs and they lost the Bengals. so they've lost to like really good teams so i i think they're going to try and keep the pedal down and malik willis is not going to be somebody that they can put in there and continue to win now so i think the change only happens if something bad happens to ryan Tannehill. like if he either gets hurt or just like just starts playing terribly right uh I, i'm not expecting malik willis to take over at any point maybe run some read option drives and stuff like that but no and actually i think that would be a really good thing for willis based on what i saw uh, i think sitting for a year or two would be really good for his game uh, i'd hate to see him end up in a situation where he, he's getting thrown in there because Tannehill is uh injured or something and they've got they're on like a winning streak and they're on the verge of making the playoffs and he's got to perform i'm not sure that's great for malik willis so i'm rooting for ryan Tannehill, mostly because i've got him on like three squads well (laughs) look ryan Tannehill is i think i think he's fallen a bit in the ranks because of the malik willis acquisition so Yeah, yeah ryan Tannehill could be just as you said he was be that quarterback two, that lower price quarterback two with real quarterback one potential. And that comes with his rushing ability. Like the dude played wide receiver in college. Like he has a nose for the end zone and he's going to get you a little bit more upside than he looks like he's going to get you. And so I'm feeling pretty comfortable making a play for Tannehill uh, if I have a contender ready team. But like you said, I also am going to hedge that with you should probably get Malik Willis on your bench because not only 
does he have the potential to replace Tannehill? But he has the Konami code and the potential to be a top 10 dynasty quarterback as well. And I think that I'm glad that we put that up at the beginning of the episode here because that's very actionable advice. If you got one, you really should probably try and get the other one too. Amen. So let's move on here. Let's move on to the running back room. And the king of that room is, well, the king, Derrick Henry. And he's ranked 17 on Keep Trade Cut, running back 11 on DLF, 18 by John, and uh, 13 by me. And look, I think this might actually be the most difficult guy in the NFL for me to put into rankings. Yeah, He can single-handedly win you a week, a playoff game, a championship, and you may have thought he was actually going to do that for you last year until his foot snapped off, but he's not a pass catching back. And, uh, Henry was on pace for 40 targets last year, which would have been his most ever still mm-hmm. not great. Yep. He's 28. And it seems like his touches have finally caught up with him. But at the same time, they haven't exactly given him much competition in that backfield. So are you expecting another heavy workload? And if not, what are you afraid of? Like, why is he still your running back 18? That's that's a great question. And uh, if, if they're going to do what you think they're going to do and you think that they're going to go all in, they think they're going to still try and win this thing, like we were talking about in the Tannehill conversation, then maybe Derrick Henry does get that heavy load. But I think they they've the organization has probably taken a look at him, how many touches he's taken, and uh, he's probably not going to get that workload. I think we had this, a similar conversation with my feelings about Christian McCaffrey uh, last week, I just mm-hmm. don't see a realistic situation where he sees the same volume. I think he's still going to be impactful, but I think where I'm at right now is I would prefer Derrick Henry to probably be my running back two, and I'm not sure that I can get him for running to back two prices right now because a lot of people are going to hold on hope that he's going to get that volume and they're going to value him as a top five running back, and I think that's definitely within the range of outcomes. Uh, but I don't know, uh, I, the, the foot thing bothers me and the age cliff bothers me. It all, it's all paranoia. I know. Uh, so talk me into King Henry. Well, it's, you're on to something, John. So what is happening right now with the, the foot thing and the age thing is what people have been afraid of that. That's, that's the hedge. That's the reason they haven't drafted him in the past. And then if you couple that with the fact that he has that top five running back potential and that game-breaking potential, his price is so difficult to navigate. So trying, one thing I've noticed is you don't see a whole lot of Derrick Henry trades, or at least I don't see a whole lot of Derrick Henry trades because the price is so ambiguous. Like, I don't think that a team is willing to pay those top five running back prices for a guy with all of these... uh, issues if you will and running back two is it's it's not going to work so he is in kind of a gray area so let me let me uh let me throw one at you here and and tell this is from uh the 12th i just pulled up here it's derrick henry for a 2022 first it doesn't indicate which first it is in a 2022 third that feels a little low to me yeah it's (laughs) it's too light and i I haven't really sought out trades for Derrick Henry either because, like, I just think there are better ways to allocate your own assets. And, right. and yeah. so he's essentially a hold because... Yeah, I, I think the problem is that he's 
you, you, you can't take less than a first for him, but the market for people who are willing to give up a first for Derrick Henry is going to be shrinking every day. Basically. I have, I'll, I'll throw something out there, something actionable. I'd say if you're trying to get off of Henry or if you're trying to get Henry, uh, a player that I would use is Kelsey. I, I think Travis Kelsey would be a good piece to move either which way, whatever direction you're trying to go, or Darren Waller, or somebody like that, somebody a little older that uh, has that same game-breaking ability, but uh, you're you're not going to be able to go full youth, I don't think. If You're you're not going to be able to get like a Brees Hall for a, a Henry and plus. I, I, I think that's just a bit out of his range of outcomes. All right, well, here, let me, let me throw one at you here, and uh, let me tell you, like, why don't you tell me what you would do? Uh, which side you would take on this thing. Uh, Derrick Henry for Chase Edmonds and a 23 first. Which side of, are, are you on that one? Uh, yeah. You yeah. Want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's why it's, I threw it at you. <laughs> you, you don't really, you don't feel good. I, I don't think, whether the value's there or not, I don't think so. I, I Maybe that's just me being like, fuck you and fuck that. Like, <laughs> Well, I Chase just, Edmonds is not, there's no guarantees with him yeah, either. Like, in the 23 first, there's no guarantees. Yeah, I think I would probably just keep Henry in that right. case as well. well. Let's let's move on to his backups yeah. here. Yeah. Ha- Hassan Haskins uh, just drafted out of Michigan. He's 6'2", 228. And I've mentioned this before in previous episodes where I, I thought the Titans ought to go seek a running back similar to the Deonta Foreman build. Uh, and what do they do? They they went and did it. So he's going to be a great compliment to Henry, I think. And the other side of this is I don't even know if Hassan Haskins is really even good in his own regard. So, John, uh, it looks like there are clear paths to some numbers yeah fantasy wise sure. where's he where, where are you trying to take a stab in a rookie draft for him so he's he's out of michigan right yeah uh yeah i remember i watched him a bit last year he's not bad uh, he was part of that team that was very successful so he's got that winning mentality there uh i, I i'm not going to do anything other than take a lotto ticket on him i'm not taking him before the fourth round i've seen him go in the late third which is mm-hmm. probably about right if he's sitting there waiting for me in the fourth round, that's where I'm going to take a stab on him. Um, just, you know, it, it, like you said, there's he's a guy that has a clear path to success. And we've seen that work out in the last few years. Guys like Elijah Mitchell, uh, Khalil Herbert, and we've seen it not work out for a lot for most guys. So, you know, he's a lotto ticket. So that's fourth round for me. If you're a if you're a Henry manager, are you thinking a little bit? harder about taking Hassan Haskins? Uh, so, yeah, it's kind of like the the mentality, do you handcuff your own players? But uh, I just took... I feel like this uh, is a specific case, though. Not okay. not the, the greater question, but like, do you handcuff a 28-year-old running back that just snapped his foot off? Uh, yeah, I would have I would have said yes either way. I am definitely team <laughs> handcuff your own running back. So, uh, yes, if he is... if Derrick Henry's on my squad, which he is not. I have him on exactly zero squads. But if I did, uh, Hassan Haskins is definitely a guy that I want to have him sitting on my taxi. Yeah, I actually just saw him go in the second round at the end. Uh, I think like end of the second. Yeah, I think. How do you justify that? Like, I don't know. I don't. Know. <laughs> you you wouldn't do that. I I wouldn't. No, and I'm Homer J Simpson sometimes. So, all right, Dontrell Hilliard. Hilliard. I think he's bad. I think he's soft. 
I think he had a couple good runs last year. And uh, I, I don't know. He he seems to be the pass catching specialist, right? That's where he would slot in on this role here. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm just going to throw this out there. Don't fool yourself. Let somebody else jump on this grenade next. So, well, yeah. So I, I picked him up off of ways, waivers last year and I, I met I was able to start him for like maybe two weeks and I, I got a win or two because of that. Nice. Uh, but I dropped him by the end of the season. Like, yeah, I don't, yeah. I'm not, I'm not too worried about Hilliard being on my waiver wire. I've seen him go earlier than I would ever like to see him go in uh, some startups here, which is fine. It means they're saving some of my, my players for me, which I guess I appreciate. But look, Dontrell Hilliard is not what you think he's going to be. If you think he's going to have a role in this offense, uh, I, I think you are sadly mistaken. Yeah, I mean, he got run out of town by Foreman, right? Foreman's the one who actually who ended up taking the job by the end and, of the season. And then, so. and then ran out of town. All right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Moving on to the wide receivers, Bobby Trees, Robert Woods. He slots in as the wide receiver one in Tennessee, I think. And uh, after enjoying three borderline wide receiver one seasons in a row from 2018 to 2019 to 2020, Woods went down with an ACL in week nine last year. Uh, he was having a pretty good campaign too. You just probably wouldn't have noticed it since it was happening right next to the Cooper cup. Right. Uh, but since then Bobby tree has been shipped to Tennessee and he has tumbled down the ranks. Keep trade cut has him wide receiver 63. Dilf has him wide receiver 59. John, what in the actual fuck do you have him lower than that? I, I think I do. Don't I? Uh, uh, goodness. Well, it's, it's interesting because. Um, I was talking to our good friend Kyle and Kyle has uh, Woods on one of his rosters that's a contending roster and he, he asked me do you think it's likely that Woods is the wide receiver one for this team this year and I, I think he is I think that Woods will be the best performing wide receiver for the Titans this year uh, but beyond that I don't have an expectation of him doing much of anything. And so what does it even mean for him to be the best wide receiver for the Titans this year? Could be mid-range wide receiver two, maybe a high wide receiver three. Uh, I think that he's going to be the wide receiver one, but I don't think it's going to be like he's clearly the best wide receiver on the team because I don't think he's ever done that, right? So once I think I expect big things from Traylon Burks. And I expect Traylon Burks to take over by the end of the season. That's what we expect good mm-hmm. rookies to do. And I think that Traylon Burks is a good rookie. So I think the beginning of the season, Woods is good. But by the end of the season, we're going to be saying, oh, you probably should have gotten that guy off your roster when you had a chance. Sure. But I think the time is now to have him on your roster, right? 63? Wide receiver 63 is bad. And yeah. <laughs> look, man, like... If you can get him on your roster now and off your roster midseason, that's a money move. So I think yeah, yeah, I would be I seeking out Robert Woods personally. And I, I'm i in lockstep with you, John. Like, Traylon Burks should take the step to be the number one at the second half of the season. But what if he doesn't? Then you have the potential to have this conversation going into next season. It's like, is Bobby Trees still going to be the number one in Tennessee? Are they going to draft somebody? Whatever. So, yes, uh, well, I'm, I, I'm just not looking to keep him past this season, I don't think. Like, he's right. 29 coming off an ACL tear as well. Like, yeah. But I think the returns could be nice early on. So so I think that if we're going to say that, we got we to gotta at least say, okay, try to get him for a third and maybe as much as a late second. Is that where you're at? 
Um, I'm probably looking to trade a uh a res- like another receiver and oh, okay. a, and a third or something like that just to get sure. a, just to upgrade. Yeah, a player and a third that makes yeah. yeah. I'm not sure. looking to blow a two, but no, I I think that that the only reason I mentioned that is uh, keep trade cuts got him valued as a late 22 second right now. Uh, and if you think about the rookie drafts you've been in, a late 22 second isn't necessarily a big big sure. stab. You know, two threes would work for me too. I'd probably two threes. Yeah, yeah like a 2023 three, and if you haven't done your rookie draft yet, a 2022. But and anyway. if you could turn two thirds into a second, I think you'd call that a win most days of the week, right? Big true. All right, let's move on to Traylon Burks here. Yeah, this is the guy that dynasty players want to be the wide receiver one in Tennessee out the gates. Uh, He was our wide receiver three pre and post draft, John. Mm -hmm. So we talked a bit about Bobby Tree's expectations and I guess about Traylon Burke's expectations. Uh, You said you're expecting a big year. I am. So where are you taking him in a rookie draft? So I would take, uh, let's assume Superflex, and not that that matters to many people this year, uh, but I would take him uh, third, uh, sorry, third or fourth overall, depending on, well, of course, Brees Hall is going to go, then Drake London's going to go. And now I would, I'm going to prefer Garrett Wilson, but I'm going to take him as a top three wide receiver. So third or fourth in a rookie draft, I think is right. But I think that he's falling because of this whole asthma thing. Um, I'm not oh, worried gosh. about that. Asthma yeah. is 2022 asthma is 2021. Jamar Chase can't catch a ball uh-huh. or whatever. So mm. I'm not I'm not even worried about the asthma thing. That is something that can be controlled easily. Uh, so he this. Yeah, I'm still taking him as a top three wide receiver in these rookie drafts right now. Yeah, I'm with you. He's got to go in the top five at the very least of your rookie mm-hmm. draft. I've yes. seen him slip out of a couple and it's just. Man, whoever's getting him at the six or seven slot is just profit. Yeah, it's free money. All right. Let's move to Kyle Phillips, fifth round pick, early favorite for slot work in Tennessee, and he's going undrafted in rookie drafts and getting selected in the fourth round. Any thoughts here? I've heard that he's a gym rat, first guy on the field, last guy to leave. Uh, Everything that you've ever heard about every slot receiver. I don't know anything about him, Mitch. Tell me. Well, I know that we didn't talk much about the guy in our wide receiver previews. <laughs> and yeah, it, a lot of good buzzwords coming out of camp. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it's not a big, it's not a deep wide receiver room. And so if he's an early favorite for some slot work, uh, yeah, he fourth round seems right in a rookie draft. Yeah. I'm not going to go any crazier than that. Like, I'll believe some stuff when I see it, but a lot of people are really passionate about him and it feels like, you know, the same kind of people that were really passionate about Hunter Renfro and I kind of shoo-shooed that away. No, like when he was like when he was like a a, a rookie, right? And then he didn't do anything, but then he comes out of the blue. So maybe he's a nice stash. It's a good stash if like, you know, there's not one guy in your league that's just uh, always taking him way ahead of market. Uh, if you can get him at market price, by all means, take a stash here. Um, but don't break the bank doing it either. I'm taking the wait-and-see approach, and I hope he's good. All right, next guy, we got Nick Westbrook-Akini. I think that's how you say his name. And <laughs> If you don't know, nobody knows, Mitch. <laughs> yeah, you know, he performed admirably last year. He, he was the one guy that was actually 
like stepping up when AJ Brown went down or when Julio was well, I guess he was just asleep all year. And he's rounding out at wide receiver 120 on keep trade cut. He's going to be fighting for wide receiver four. So I don't know. Drop him. Yeah. If you can't spell it, you can't roster it. Sorry. That. All right. Tight end. Austin who? Per. Who? Austin Hooper. Uh, yeah. No. <laughs> no. Just n- nothing. No. Look, like we've done the Austin Hooper thing before. We've believed in him before. Tannehill likes tight ends occasionally, but he's shown that he likes to mix up which tight end. So Jeff Swaim, uh, he'll probably get the equal number of looks as Austin. I'm not looking to roster any Titans tight ends this year. How about you, Mr. Tight End? Uh, yeah, I like Hooper. And he was Ooh. with the Falcons. He went to Cleveland. And if you can't get it done as a tight end in Cleveland, then you're probably just not going to get it done. So if he's on my roster, I'm not dropping him, but I'm not making any moves for Austin Hooper. Well, if he's on my roster, I'm hoping to God somebody wants him. All right. <laughs> let's move on. Like I said, we probably took too long on the Titans. Go Titans. All right. Jaguars. Let's talk about them. This John, will be you... faster. <laughs> this will you, be faster. Do you remember last year when we were talking about the Jaguars? I actually, uh, <laughs> I actually popped in our division preview. No. Oh, yeah. I was, sh- I was a little higher on Urban Meyer than I probably should have been. I... <laughs> <laughs> well, the whole squad's back minus, you know, Urban Meyer, but let's uh, let's start with the quarterbacks here, Trevor Lawrence, and we could really take this conversation in any direction here. He looked really bad at times last year, and mm-hmm. uh, definitely opened up the door for doubters. Like, is Trevor Lawrence a bust? Is actually something that is popping up on Twitter, and I think it's a legitimate question. Yeah, I, I don't think any of us believe he is based on our rankings, but how are you feeling, John? You feeling optimistic, pessimistic? I- uh, I'm feeling at? very optimistic, and I think I've said it on previous episodes that the way Trevor Lawrence finished this season, look, he looked great in his last game. Everybody remembers how bad Carson Wentz looked, but Trevor Lawrence looked great. He looked like the Trevor Lawrence from college. I know he still got the confidence. I know he's still there. Uh, and if they've got the right offensive coordinator, which is an open question, uh, he could definitely recover from last season. So no, he's not a bust. I can say that with certainty, but I'm and my personal feeling is that he's going to have a bounce back sophomore year, and that's why I've got him at QB nine right now. QB nine, I think that's where DLF has him as well, right? And mm-hmm. let me see where I got him slotted in at quarterback fourteen. Now, I don't think that that's even a pessimistic rank either. I think fourteen is pretty reasonable i have him right behind trey lance aaron Rodgers, matthew stafford so it's not like bad company by any stretch now one thing you said he's still got confidence that that actually is a big deal to me and i i remember watching tape on the last couple of games of the season and he still had that swag which you know if you're getting your ass kicked every single week still maintaining that that swag is important. And I think that this year, like you can't, you can't delete last year. Like it happened. You can't act like it didn't happen, but I think we need to see some like progress. We absolutely need to see some progress. And I'm, I'm thinking it's going to happen, but treading softly here, like I'm not going to anoint him as a top 10 fantasy quarterback yet either, despite his rushing ability. Fair enough. All right. Uh, CJ Beathard and uh, Jake Luton. 
Nope. You should uh, drop him on his glute his what what do you call the butt? That's gluteus maximus. Gluteus. Yeah, that joke yeah. didn't work. Cut no. that in post. <laughs> <laughs> All right, running backs. We got Travis Etienne. All the fucking way up to running back nine. Nine. Is that possible? How is that possible? I don't know. You and I have him at running back 21. So yeah, that's a fun out. topic here. What's at going on price. here? I, I thought I liked Etienne. I've done this whole roller coaster. Hated him because he was too expensive. Liked him because he was cheap. Running back nine? And as of this morning, as of this morning on Keep Trade Cut, he's up to running back eight. You're even. shitting me, dude. The hype train is in. Chew, full force. Chew. Now, I, I like Etienne. Um, I thought he was good in college, but he's not done it in the NFL. And that's why I've got him in the 20s. So to draft him as your running at running back eight is to have the most be looking through the most rose colored glasses possible. Like you, you haven't seen him do it in the NFL. We're not even sure what what he's going to be doing in the NFL yet because he was drafted into Urban Meyer's offense to do one thing mm-hmm. and now they've got a different offense and he's going to be doing something a little bit different probably. So that's very optimistic. That is not a buy at that price. No way. No, I would not do that. It's not. But, you know, it goes to show like what we talked about last year and in his insulation after he broke his foot. Like, if anything, it's been... An advantage for him he didn't play last year at all so he didn't have a chance to look bad in that system and his rank has gone up he's literally improved in value after getting hurt so yeah it's fascinating to me substantially and, you know this this was the the bet that i was banking on happening uh this is the reason why i wanted to get etn shares after he went down and i think it running back eight dude it's time to sell time to cash out uh yeah i i think that's <laughs> if if you can get that uh now what you probably what you got to think about though is that when you drafted him um uh, you've probably drafted him with that in mind so it's going to be hard to sit on an asset for a year and then maybe take less than you thought you were getting when you drafted him after a year but you and i we probably we're not the sort of people that drafted etn and you probably shouldn't be looking backwards like that anyway. Uh, yeah. If you can get running back eight prices, then you've got you. You just have to do it. Yeah. Just a quick aside. Like that's not how I play fantasy. That's not how I play dynasty. I don't get stuck in the sunk cost fallacy. And like some of the trades you, you're going to make are going to be less than the reward that you want. But you can't be out there trying to win every trade. Like if if you get value for ETN. You did your job if you get more value than you got them for, right? Yeah. All right. Let's move on to J-Rob. James Robinson, he snapped his Achilles last year and displayed Oof. it for the cameras just as he yeah, lounged thanks. out on the cart. Cameras kept zooming in. Pretty gross injury. And Yeah, thanks, TV. As a noted J-Rob stand here, this one hurt me too. Like, the former undrafted free agent is now firmly behind ETN. He's fighting that uphill battle for volume. And uh, fighting uphill battles without Achilles' heels, uh, not really my jam. <laughs> John, you're actually the high guy on J-Rob, yeah. so congrats. Well, this is this we just talk about not looking backwards, but this is very much an assessment of James Robinson just not giving a fuck about 
what people think. Like he True. came out of nowhere and no matter what the situation has been, he's been successful. Do I think he's going to be as successful as he was the last two seasons pre-injury? No, I don't think so. I've got him at running back 31. Um, so I think he's definitely going to make an impact this year. And I don't think he gives a shit what we think about him. And I think he's going to play. And I especially think he doesn't give a shit about people thinking ETN is running back eight. Uh, James Robinson's got a role to play this year. Of that, I'm certain. I love that, John. I He's been just tumbling down the ranks. J-Rob, I, I think... I got him, I don't know, four or five rounds after his sleeper ADP in a draft just because people are just so afraid of him. And, you know, he's still young. He's still 23 years old. And And he's never not been successful. Right. So I I like the bet, John. I I don't think that I have him super high in my ranks. I think I I think I have him above that. But in the interest of time, we're going to keep going. So sure, sure. Let's let's move to the wide receiver room. Christian, Captain Moneybags, Kirk. Man, seventy-two million reasons to think Kirk might be actually worth more than his ADP. Keep trade cuts got him at wide receiver forty-eight. John, you have him <laughs> at wide receiver sixty-one. Yeah. DLF has him at wide receiver forty-five. I got him at wide receiver forty-one. I think. That means we should talk about this here. That's a that's a pretty big gap yeah. in ranks here. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's conundrum for me because I think Trevor Lawrence is going to have a really good year, and I think that Christian Kirk is hot garbage. So, um, I, I think we we shouldn't worry too much about the contract. Like the money was absurd, and that we shouldn't use that as any way to evaluate him. But the question is, is he the wide receiver one for this team? And he probably is. He's got to um, be. He's he's got the money certainly says that's the case, but I just, you know, he, he always struck me as a guy that people felt like had wide receiver one potential, but was always a wide receiver three that he never lived up to this potential. And I, I just don't see how moving to Jacksonville of all places is going to make him live up to this perceived potential that people believe he has. Well, I'll throw, I'll, I'll throw this pitch out there and I think that the Cardinals run this just spread offense where I've mentioned before, I don't think there is a guy specifically. There can be game to game, but there is no like full blown alpha number one. So let's uh, let's take a look at his targets. I think he had 103 targets last year Mm -hmm. and Kirk was also number seven in catch rate with 74.8 percent. That's excellent. And he had a 60 percent contested catch percentage, putting him at number eight. Now, the rest of his advanced stats and metrics are pretty average, so I'm not going to dive too deep into that either. But I'll be honest with you, man, I am following the money because that's such a huge contract. And the rest of that wide receiver room, like they they said, Trevor Lawrence, Christian Kirk is your guy. This is your guy. I hope you like it. And honestly, like what he finished wide receiver 26 last year, I think that. I think that yeah, he's going to do yeah. yeah, I think he's going to do better than that this year. And whether or not he's the guy moving into 2023, I can't answer that question for you, but he's definitely going to be the guy over the next few dudes that we're going to talk about, like the Joneses, Marvin, Zay, and there's actually some guy named Tim. It's a pretty gross room <laughs> to me, man. So Marvin Jones outright was dropped in a league unprompted just shit canned and i remember i'm done (laughs) i remember like 
oh, Marvin Jones. I click on him and I'm like, all right, I'll pick him up. And I look at my team, realize that there's nobody I'm dropping for Marvin Jones. So is he even rosterable? Are are you rostering the 32 year old Marvin Jones? Yeah, I mean, he had he had his moments last year. I don't I don't think I would drop him outright. Um, I think this team is definitely moving in a different direction, but he's still going to be a very experienced player playing with an inexperienced quarterback. So I think he's still going to have those weeks where you can play him. And uh, I I don't know. He's he was pretty reliable at times last year, so I wouldn't I wouldn't give up anything to get him. But if he's sitting there on the waiver wire, yeah, sure. Uh, I think that one of the I, I just like the bird's eye view i think one of these guys is going to emerge to be a pretty clear wide receiver too next to mm-hmm. uh christian kirk and i suspect it will be marvin jones but your guy zay jones he had his moments last year as well if you're following the money i think zay jones would be the mic most likely candidate but I, this is all specifically for next year i don't think any of these dudes are making an impact past this year so if you're going to get one, go for it. Marvin might be the guy. I, I don't know. Don't pay a lot to do it. In, in fact, don't pay anything to do it. <laughs> yeah, Pick him up if you can. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Laquan Treadwell, Jamal Agnew. Treadwell is bad. Agnew is a corner. Let's keep going. <laughs> yeah. uh, Let's keep Visca. going. Yeah. Oh, Visca. And how, how this time last year, I, along with many of you listening, thought he might be Trevor Lawrence's go-to guy. Instead, he was anything but. Uh, his tape wasn't pretty. His fantasy outputs were laughable. But he was healthy, and he was involved, I guess. So there could be some silver lining here. Uh, I have him at wide receiver 72. John, you have him at 83. Keep trade cuts, 78. And then DLF has him at 61. So I don't know. We're not dropping him. But are we holding out much hope? Well, I think I took a lot of heat last year about this time for saying that he was not good and that he was vastly overvalued. And then midseason comes and he's, you know, he's not done anything. And uh, I kind of walked it back a little bit. It's like, okay, now I think he's being valued properly. And now I think there's been an overcorrection. Agreed. Uh, uh, I think that even by me, um, even looking at it right now, I think that he stands a chance to be the wide receiver three for this team. So, you know, it, it's, if you believe in the talent, which I don't, then I could see throwing a third at it. And I've seen people do that. Uh, but I, I don't want him on my roster. I don't think that he's going to make much of a fantasy impact this year. So you don't believe in his talent. I don't. But you don't no. believe in any of the wide receivers' talent on exactly. the squad. So exactly. exactly. Do you think he has an outside shot to be Trevor Lawrence's number one guy? I it yeah. I mean, is it within the realm of possibility? Yeah, but I think it's far more likely that Travis Etienne steps into that role instead. All right. Fair enough. Well, Let's talk about two guys that are not going to step into that role, and that is Evan Ingram and Dan Arnold. Evan Ingram has a chance to be a tight end one, according to a blurb on Sleeper via Roto Baller. So do I, Mitch. <laughs> You're buying it. Evan Ingram, tight end one. No, no, no. I don't I don't think so. Uh, they did use the tight end inter- in, um, in interesting capacities last year with Arnold, but I think uh, it'll be yet to be determined. They brought in Ingram, so that that's the guy they wanted. Uh, wasn't necessarily a big money contract. I, I, I think tight end two is what Ingram's looking for. Yeah. Is gonna, where I, he's going to end up. 
I really feel like Evan Ingram and Dan Arnold are going to cannibalize each other, and there's not a lot of food for them to cannibalize either. So it's just a pretty disgusting situation, if you ask me. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not interested in any of those tight ends. Yeah. Mic check. It's halftime. Nas, why did you do it? You know you got the mad fat fluid when you rhyme. It's halftime. Marles, you've been doing great hosting duties. I'm going to steal them from you for a second here. All yours. Uh, here's, you asked the question at the beginning of the show, who, which team is the odds-on favorite uh, to win the division? Now, I'm going to ask you a slightly different question. Non-gambling, back to fantasy. Which quarterback in this division will have the highest fantasy finish this season? Of the four quarterbacks in this division, which one are you taking? Man, that is tough because all, man, we'll say it, three of them are in this in this clump, right? Matt Ryan, Ryan Tannehill, and Trevor Lawrence are all in this quarterback two clump mm-hmm. with quarterback one upside. Now, we're talking low-end quarterback one upside. Right. And I think... Tannehill and Lawrence have that based on their running and Matt Ryan has had several quarterback one finishes but he's getting up there and ah man it's it's tough I'm gonna go with drumroll please (laughs) Trevor Lawrence oh you bastard yeah okay well you know, he's yeah, yours. You got to take it's, him it's, now. It's tough. Trevor Lawrence, yeah. So I think that this year he's going to uncork his rushing. He's not going to be held back by his dad, Urban Meyer. So his I think dad, that yeah. <laughs> I think that he's probably going to finish in the top twelve. I think Lawrence gets a quarterback one finish. As where I think Matt Ryan probably finishes around quarterback fifteen and Tannehill. Tannehill right around the same range. I don't know. It's a tough question, man. It is a tough question. And just for reference, last year, Trevor Lawrence was quarterback 22. Matt Ryan was quarterback 20. And as we already mentioned, Tannehill was QB 12. And for that reason, I'm going to go ahead and say Tannehill here. You talked me into it. Before this episode, I think I would have said uh, I would have said Lawrence, just like you did, uh, just because I believe in the talent. But uh, if you're right, and I'm starting to think that you are, and that the Titans aren't really going to be interested in benching Tannehill unless there's some sort of catastrophic injury, uh, Tannehill's got the best shot to end up as the top fantasy producer. So we're looking, I'm I'm expecting another fringe QB1 season from Tannehill. That's who I'm going with. All right. Well, they might have to lean on him more as well with with Henry if they're gonna they're gonna take touches away they're gonna have to do something else so right fingers crossed man all right hey you know who the shittiest team in this division is actually I don't it's definitely the it's definitely the Texans you I'm talk about just them? kidding I know we're moving on to the Texans <laughs> all right the shittiest team in the AFC South the Houston Texans and their quarterback General Mills and uh is it just me, or is General Mills and Captain Crunch the same guy? Same hat and everything. And if so, is Davis Mills the captain now? Are are we gonna are we gonna paint eyebrows on his helmet? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Davis Mills is quarterback twenty three on keep trade cut. That's way higher, way way higher than I was expecting. I have him at twenty nine. You have him at twenty five. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'll give you my reason for 29, and you can go next. Okay, sure. He's going to lose his job in 2023. And the, and the only way he doesn't 
in my opinion, is if he somehow drags the sorry-ass Texans to the playoffs on his shoulders. I'd say the more likely scenario is that he tries his best and the Texans finish, like, I don't know, with four wins and they take uh, a quarterback in the top five next year. And the other side of that is that even if he doesn't get replaced, Mills is not a good fantasy quarterback. He had 12.8 points a game last year. It's bad. So uh, what what's the bear case then? Well, the, let's be clear that the bear case is a high-end QB3. So um, I, if he's my quarterback three, then I'm happy with that um, in Superflex. So he'll start maybe one or two weeks for me, and he's good enough to get me 12 to 15 points, which I think you want from your QB three. And I think what you want is the consistency. And I'm I'm certain, unless there's an injury, Mills is going to be starting every game this season. And uh, there's certain security in that. And so, I, I mean, there's not a real strong bear case other than he wasn't absolutely terrible. So uh, let's go with the giraffe case instead. He's got a long neck, so I think he could stand a chance to survive in this league. This is fucking hilarious. On Keep Trade Cut, they're saying Tom Brady is equal to Davis Mills. Yeah, I would take Tom Brady there. Are you kidding me? Like, (laughs) I mean, it's just insane to me. Like, he's so overvalued right now. If I have Davis Mills, and I did in a couple leagues, I sold him. Because 23, that's... This is the top of the mountain for him, man. Well, let's not forget that the Texans are a really bad organization, and it's entirely possible that they like Davis Mills, and he could be there beyond this year. Uh, They did sign Deshaun Watson to an extremely long contract only to watch him sit and then traded him away. So it's not outside the realm of possibility that Davis Mills is the guy going forward. (sighs) Fair enough. Let's let's, uh, stop talking about Cap'n Crunch here. Oh, uh, well, one tidbit. Did you know that Cap and Crunch. Did you know those little gold, like, cereal, like the little crunchy things? Yeah, know, the Cap'n rectangular Crunch. ones. Yeah. Did you know that they're actually shaped like treasure chests? They are definitely not shaped like treasure. That's chests. what they are. They're treasure chests. They they are the worst looking treasure chests yeah, I've ever seen. No, Mitch. I found that out the other day. Anyway, moving on to <laughs> the running back room: Marlon Mack <laughs> and uh, Damian Pierce and Sexy Rexy. So Marlon Mack is on a one-year, $2 million contract. He's 26 years old now and should be fully recovered from that Achilles injury. Yeah, in theory. Running back 63 on keep trade cut, which is pretty low for uh, a starting running back if that's what he is. And then we have Damian Pierce. Texans snagged Pierce in the fourth round out of Flo Rida. And uh, I have Pierce at running back 33. You have him at 40. And then Sexy Rexy, uh, you know, he's there. So let's talk about these guys as a group. Give me some situations yeah. where you're targeting these dudes. Well, I think I've seen a lot of people taking Pierce late first in rookie drafts, early second. And I think that's a really big assumption for a fourth round running back. Is that possible that he's going to get a lot of work this year? Sure. But I think the Texans showed us last year that they're just going to go with the hot hand. If Well, they're going to go with the lukewarm hand, and whoever that might be each week. Uh, last week, last year, you know, it was sometimes it was David Johnson, sometimes it was Philip Lindsay, and some some weeks it'll be Marlon Mack. Some weeks, I imagine, it'll be Damian Pierce. I don't want anything to do with this running back room. I think it's going to be really inconsistent week to week, and I don't. I if I I think people are probably overpaying for Damian Pierce in rookie drafts right now. 
Yeah, I'd say so. And I was the biggest on Damian Pierce pre-draft, and I actually really like the landing spot, but not really this year. You know, I, I think this year is just going to be, it's going to be ugly. Now, Marlon Mack is an interesting flyer. I think that he could actually be a good flex fill-in early in the season, maybe, because uh, it's going to be tough, tough sled in finding some starting running backs. And, like, if you went zero running back or something like that, or you're just weak in the running back room, he's a viable option. So Yeah, that's what you get for going zero, zero running back. You get the Texans' backfield. Congratulations. You know it, man. You know it. <laughs> well... No more needs to be said about these guys, so let's move on to the wide receiver room. Brandon Cooks, uh, the perennial smasher of ADP. Uh, yeah, yeah. He, he's at wide receiver 44 on keep trade cut and on DLF, so he's just about to smash some more. Uh, he's my wide receiver two money in the bank, and uh, this year he's going to have low-end wide receiver upside. Book it. Yeah, uh I'm just trying to pull up the stats here. He ended up as wide receiver 20 last year, so that's a mid to low wide receiver two. It seems like that's what he does every year. So for a number of years, it seemed like people were undervaluing Robert Woods. Now it seems like the thing, same things happening to Brandon Cooks the last couple of seasons here. Uh, he's, I mean, he's signed for the next two years. Yeah, it's he's not a like Texan he's, now. He's not going anywhere, uh, and he had good. Good, decent to good chemistry with Davis Mills. So, yeah, if you can get him for wide receiver three prices, then you definitely should. I've got him on a couple of contending rosters myself, and he's sitting there as my wide receiver two or three, and I'm very happy about that. John, you had suggested in many previous episodes to go trade a second round pick for Brandon Cooks. You still on that train? Um, It's a tough call, but if, yeah, I mean, you're not doing that unless you're a contender. So that's a late second. I th- yeah, he's going to produce on your... that you could do it, even if you weren't a contender, though, because, I mean, if he's going to smash ADP like he always does, I, I don't see I don't see why not. Well, the the, re- the reason that he's undervalued is because the market is small for him. So it might be a little bit easier to acquire him than it is to move on from him. Sure. Uh, that, was the, that would be my only caution. <laughs> well, let's talk ourselves into Brandon Cooks a little more by talking about who else is in that wide receiver room. We got Nico Collins, and maybe this is the sleeper that we're all sleeping on here at TLG because none of us have him above wide receiver 76. Not anymore, uh, no. I, no. I can't really think of much of a reason to do that either. Uh, and then we got John Mechie, the rookie, drafted in the second round by the Texans. He tore his ACL last year, so he might not even play right away. But he also seems to have a pretty clear path to that Texans wide receiver two role. Yeah, I was uh, I was the high guy on Mechie, I think, um, of us. And I was really happy to see him land with the Texans. And I think you're right. Um, I think he, he is destined to be the wide receiver two and then ultimately the wide receiver one. If, you know, Cooks moves on after the next year or two here. Or if he gets traded for a first round pick. I mean, that's kind of the Brandon yeah. Cooks M.O. Right, exactly. So I, I, I like Mechie. I think he's a solid bet, especially where he's going in rookie drafts, uh, mid second round of rookie drafts right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got a clear path to success. And honestly, uh, people are kind of discounting him right now because it feels like, oh, well, Brandon Cooks is there. Um, and it's going to take a year or two. The same the same conversations were happening with T. Higgins 
not that long ago where it's like this is a guy where you draft him and you you might have to wait a year that's what people are saying about john mechie right now and i would not be surprised if at the end of the season we're saying well we probably should have been valuing him a lot more than we yeah did. john mechie is a guy that i wish i had any shares of first of all i have no shares of him i found that in most of my rookie drafts he went early second round and yeah that was just oh, too early rich. second even yeah, yeah and that was too rich for my blood but i i can understand the move and so like i mentioned with the quarterback situation and just the texan situation in general like it's really not a bad thing that mechie's coming off an injury because the texans aren't where they need to be right so by the time next year or the year after that when mechie's settling in he could very well be uh, like the number one guy by then. So he seems like a good, smart investment that likely will only appreciate in value. Yeah. And that that's that's the best point there is that if you get him in the second round, that values only go in one direction. So exactly. that's great. And uh, now I do want to mention, though, that if he doesn't start right away or if he's eased in, who on earth are the Texans going to? plug in at the wide receiver two spot i mean is it philip dorsett <laughs> yeah definitely <laughs> I, I i mean i i know it's hilarious but like somebody's got to do it and so I, I let me take a look at uh the other wide receivers in this room okay this is we'll, we'll make I'm a little bet a blank here. blank sheet of paper here Oh, well, I've got okay. So yeah, there's Philip Dorsett, as you mentioned, uh, Chris Conley, who? Uh, Nico Collins, who we've already talked about, uh, Jalen Camp, Connor Weddington, Chad Beebe. I kind of remember him being a thing a few years ago. Yeah. So Chris Moore. I'm <laughs> who just are these saying, people? I'm just saying, whatever Philip Dorsett's value is, and I can't tell you that because he's not ranked on Keep Trade Cut. He's not ranked in my ranks. Look, he's got an outside shot at uh, having some sort of value, and uh, I'm not saying go get him, but I might be saying go get him. All right. Anyway. Well, yeah, I mean, that's your that's your uh, lock of the week. Go yeah. get Philip Darsett. That's your reputation. That's, uh, that's Marles' reputation player for the year. You all heard it. Yep, my <laughs> one and only. All right, moving on to tight end, <laughs> Mr. Athletic Brevin Jordan. Tight end 20 on Keep Trade Cut, 22 on Dilf. Dilf? Yeah. <laughs> you buying that? Um, I yeah, actually, I am. That, that's about the right range. Uh, I liked what he did last year. He had a better rookie season than a lot of uh, tight ends do. Uh, I think he'll still be making an impact this year. I think he's the best tight end on that roster. But I'm still looking for that year three breakout. So you don't have to go get him right now. Prices are pretty low right now. Uh, you could wait another year. I am expecting that third year breakout, not the second year. I'm going to bank on this. Here's another uh, Marl's guarantee here. All right. Brevin Jordan will still be ranked in the, like, he'll still be tight end 20 come next year, regardless of what he does this year. Uh, you might, yeah, I, th I, I think I see a real path for that. Yes. Like, <laughs> could be good, could be bad. Who knows? But I don't think it's just people just are going to see him wait till later to go acquire him. Is all I'm saying. What's going to happen is they're going to be looking at the they're going to watch the NFL uh, and they're going to see him catch a few touchdowns and be like, oh, OK, I can still keep him ranked. And then he's going to do like <laughs> a, a push up, but it's going to be a one armed, one pinky finger push up because of how fucking athletic he is. Super athletic. going to lose their minds. All right. Super athletic. Moving on to our last team and uh, 
honestly the worst team in the AFC South. We got the Indianapolis Colts. <laughs> Quarterback. Worst team that is favored to win. God, they're so bad. Marty Ice. Uh, he's tasked, uh, well, I guess for, for the listeners at home, that's uh, it's going to be Matthew Ryan. He's tasked with one of the easiest jobs in quarterback history. Just be better than Carson Wentz was. <laughs> He's 37 now. His quarterback one days are in the rearview mirror. But Matt Ryan, despite looking like shit the last couple years, still could hold down a quarterback two spot in fantasy. And in super flex, he could be better than most of your alternatives. And it's not unreasonable for him or to expect him to put up solid quarterback two numbers. It's just not sexy to think that. So his contract pretty much looks like that he'll be in Indianapolis in 2023 as well. There's a $35 million cap hit, so he's there. And uh, so that means he's a starting quarterback for the Colts for two years. Does that make him a buy at quarterback 29? I'll answer it for you. Yes. <laughs> I hate to break it to you, Marles, but uh, Matt Ryan was QB 20 last year and Carson Wentz was QB 14. So uh, it might, it, it, I think the squad in Indianapolis is definitely better than it was in Atlanta. So uh, I think it's an open question whether or not he he's still a better quarterback than Carson Wentz. I think he's definitely going to be a better thrower. Um, they'll adjust the offense a little bit. I, yeah, you're looking for him to have a QB2 season. So if you, you sit in, if he's your QB2 in Superflex, then you're happy about that. Um, you're not going to get QB1 performance out of him this year, I don't think. No, I, that can't be the expectation. But quarterback 29 is just, that's really bad. I think that... So you, you think you, you're getting two years of QB2. Is that what you're, what you're saying? Yes, I am. That's, and, that, that, there is value in that. And I... Look, I'm not, like, jumping for joy if he's my quarterback, two. I'd rather him be my quarterback, three, no doubt. Mm. But that's not always the case, and some leagues are really stingy about their quarterbacks. So yep. uh, you might be having to dumpster dive for guys like Jared Goff, Jameis Winston, Matty Ice, right? So right. it's not going to feel good. It doesn't feel good saying, I want Matty Ice on my team. And I, I just think that let's think about trades for him like value wise you could probably get him for a second oh yeah you, if you you offered a second i think you're gonna get that most of the time let me uh you, you want me to throw one at you here sure all right super flex matt ryan uh would you rather have uh well there's not many on here actually all <laughs> right matt here we go matt ryan for Miles Sanders. What do you think about that one? Ooh, okay. Uh, I'm actually a little higher on Miles than I used to be. I think. Okay. Let's well, do another right. one. That's all that's... right. Well, this one, this one seems expensive to me, but uh, it's Matt Ryan for a 23 second and a 24 second. Where are you going to fall on that one? Fuck no. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't take Matt Ryan in either of those trades. So maybe the market's a little bit more stiff than we're real. Okay, here's another one. No, this one's even more expensive. Matt Ryan for 23 second, a 24 second, and a 24 third. Fuck that. All right. Anyway, don't listen to that. <laughs> we'll Go cut all that a, out later. Go trade a second for Matt Ryan, and if they turn you down, insult them. And what about a second and a third? <laughs> Would you do a second and a third? Probably. I mean, look, if I was in quarterback hell and I needed to solidify that, I think a second and a third is completely reasonable. Now, would I try for a little more? Yeah. 
there are there are other ways to throw some other players in there too. Yeah, like do some player swaps and make. We're definitely oversimplifying there. things. That's yeah. true. All right, yeah. well, let's move on. In the interest of time, I think we're running pretty marathon asks. Yep, we're at an hour, yeah. but we're going to cut out like half of it, so it's fine. Uh, or all of it. Just all cut right. out the John parts. <laughs> All right, at running back, JT, we got Jonathan Taylor. You might have heard of this guy. He's pretty good. He's, He's all uh, right, yeah. The number one running back off the board, sometimes even the number one non-quarterback off the board in a startup. And he's at the top of Mount St. running back. So where are you taking him in a startup, John? And uh, yeah, let's start with oh, that. So I assume we're talking super flex here. Yeah, we only talk if, super flex, man. If, it was one, if it's one QB, you're, you're going to take him first. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, super flex... I'm taking five or six quarterbacks and then maybe Jamar Chase before JT. What about I Justin see, Jefferson? I am not. No, I would take JT before I would take Justin Jefferson. Okay. And I probably would take JT before I took Jamar Chase, if I'm being honest. Really? Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know, man. I think I think I would take Chase personally but it's i mean it's so close like yeah it's hard in a startup because you're looking down the board and you're seeing like no depth at running back mm -hmm. you're seeing lots of depth at wide receiver so i think it's like, more of just a i don't give a fuck about running back approach uh, i'm right there with yeah, you actually you know I, I mean, I'm, I'm i'm not trying to leave that first round without a quarterback so it's right. like i'm sitting there and i'm looking at jt i might i might just trade back if i'm being honest yeah or or take chase because you know that chase has a longer uh just career window I've just got this, uh, I've got this, um, I, I can't do it. It's not easy for me because I took Michael Thomas in 2019 or 2020, fifth overall. It's like, ah, oh, I should not have done that. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's, uh, let's try to navigate this conversation here because Jonathan yeah. Taylor is difficult to trade for or to trade away. I think that... yeah. His value is just wild because if you've ever tried to plug him in to keep trade cut, the calculator actually explodes and your it browser breaks. your browser just like closes. You have to get a new computer. Right. Now, that might be the other websites I've been at, but look, like <laughs> I, I have a real difficult time trying to assess his value and communicate this value to a trade partner. Like I've hit the wall for about a year and a half trying to get the value that I want for JT. And yeah. honestly, he's just a hold for me at, at this point in the leagues that I have him. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. I'm okay with having Jonathan Taylor on my team. And I think that's just like where he is market wise, unless somebody's willing to break the bank. But in my experience, nobody really is. How about you, John? Hey, no, I, I know I you have a couple it. shares. I, I don't see I don't see him get moved around an awful lot. And honestly, the shares that I have, I'm not trying to move either. It's like it's okay to have the number one running back on your squad. That's that's fine. And I know the argument is, well, there's no direction for him to go. He can't go higher than running back one, so you should cash out. And if you if you can cash out at running back one, uh, if you can get that value, then yeah, absolutely. But like you said. It's okay to just be patient because there's really no hurry. You're going to win games while right, exactly. other people are thinking about it. And he's he could be running back one for a couple more years too. So yeah, he's a machine. It's not like once somebody achieves that number one status that you have to get rid of them. And that's no. that's just something in the dynasty community. It's just like something we think about, like capitalizing on maximum value, right? But, right. You know, 
one thing we don't talk about enough here is winning games. And sometimes you need to just win your fantasy games. And Jonathan Taylor is going to be a guy to help you out with that. Absolutely. So let's look at the guys behind him real quick. Naeem Hines, running back 53, and Philip Lindsay, running back 104. I know you've mm-hmm. been a Naeem Hines guy in the past. How are you feeling about him at running back 53? I'm kind of interested in, uh, they've been talking a little bit about moving him into the slot on occasion. Uh, but uh, I think it makes sense. I, yeah. And that's, that's really what made him valuable last year was the, the catching, right? Um, I, th- I don't think I'm quite as high as I once was after seeing last season because uh, it, it's definitely the JT show and you're going to get like three or four games of Naheem Hines being fantasy relevant. So I used to think that, yeah, he's a really solid flex player. Like, you know, you could sub him in on occasion when you need to. But I think that's probably going to be to a lesser extent going forward now that JT is more solidified in his role. Yeah, although you've, you've brought this up personally before, like I can see a Cordero Patterson type role for him. Yeah. I can I can envision that, and I can envision that because similar to the Texans, like we're about to talk about this wide receiver room, and it's bad. Yeah. So Not 53 a is a little low for me, and I have Naeem Hines rostered in. I have several shares because of this, and I've tested the trade market waters here, and he's a hold as well. You're not going to get – if you envision a – role for Naeem Hines to be relevant in fantasy, you're not going to get what you think that you should get in return for him. So I think Naeem Hines is a good hold right now. And if you can get him for running back 53 value, what is that, a third? I would trade a third for Naeem Hines. Yeah, I, th- I think, yeah, I, I would definitely t- trade a third for Naeem Hines as well. Philip Lindsay, I would trade nothing for I would. I yeah. I didn't even realize he was uh, on the Colts. So good for him, I guess. Jumping squad to squad now. Yeah, I asked my friend the internet, and uh, he, he <laughs> told me that Philip Lindsay's there now. I I could be wrong. He's, the internet's not always reliable. Remember when he was stealing Melvin Gordon's job, and now he like I don't even know where he was. What, what happened yeah. to that guy? Yeah. Well, he's he's bad. All right. Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> he's bad. Uh, wide receiver room. Uh, Michael Pittman. And I feel like the market and Pittman are in lockstep now. Keep trade cut has him at 14. Uh, now we have wide receiver 26 at DLF. He finished wide receiver 17 last year, but he's got a better quarterback now. <laughs> Supposedly. <laughs> and uh, somehow even less talent in that wide receiver room. Like he is the wide receiver. He yeah. is the engine that isn't named Jonathan Taylor, right? Yeah. So uh, I'll go down the rest of these guys. Alec Pierce. Paris Campbell, Ashton Doolin, Kiki Kuti, like, yeah, there's not a whole lot else there. So are you aboard the uh, the Michael Pittman train here? I think I'm like on the caboose, like I'm I'm getting there. Um, I'm not as high as maybe some of our pod mates would Mm -hmm. like me to be. Uh, I'm just looking it up real quick here while I'm stalling. (laughs) uh i've got him at wide receiver 22 which isn't he's not the i'm not the low man by any means basically priced out at that yeah because there's a lot of people who are saying this guy is wide receiver one for what we think is going to be a good team 
Uh, so yeah, that's that's got all the makings of a wide receiver one. Um, but I think that uh, wide he's he's been a wide receiver too pretty consistently, and it's kind of what I expect him to continue to be. I'm not sure that we can expect a big jump and expect him to turn into some alpha because that's not necessarily what he's been. Yeah, that's that's understandable. Although he does have alpha traits, right? He's six yeah. four. He's big, strong, fast, and I think that's what keeps his rank where it is. And like without the competition, I I don't know. I see it. I see that this might be the year for him to at least enter that real wide receiver one well, conversation. It, I mean, there's no excuses, right? Because Alec Pierce is not a guy who's going to step in and be dominant in year one. And Paris Campbell, I've been tricked by him so many times I can't even count anymore. Yeah. Uh, so there's really no excuse. If it's get, We're going to know by the end of this year who's right um, in this argument because mm. if Michael Pittman doesn't do it this year, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Exactly. All right. And then I... The rest of these guys, Alec Pierce, like we weren't big on him pre-draft. I'm still not big on him, but I mean, like I said, it's miserable behind him. Alec Pierce is at 54, keep trade cut, 57 on DLF. John, you're with uh, with Market here. You're at 56, and uh, I'm against Market, and I'm happy to finally unveil my 69th ranked player, <laughs> wide receiver Alec yes! Pierce. Uh, I don't think he's good, but I mean, he doesn't have to be good to no, earn touches he, against these guys. So there's there's a shot. Yeah, and he got drafted relatively high in the second round there. Mm-hmm. So he's gonna he's gonna get every opportunity to be successful. But again, I don't think it's gonna happen this year. He's not. I, I he's good. I I like the tape, but he's still kind of raw. I think it's gonna take him some time to adjust to the NFL. Yeah. Uh, you taking any stabs on him in the rookie draft? No, because I, I much prefer the other guys in that range. Wandale Robinson, John Mechie, David Bell. Um, he's going right around those guys. Yeah. And I, I, I would take all three of those guys over Alec Pierce. I'm right there with you. All right. Let's uh, let's close it out with the tight end room here. We got Big Mac, Mo Ali Cox, uh, grandson, uh, some guy's <laughs> grandson. Yeah. And uh, we have Jelani Woods. Uh, yeah, go for it, John. Take it away. Yeah. I mean, I'm not doing anything to acquire Mo Ali Cox, but I think I was I made I was infamous last year for saying I thought that the tight end for the Colts was going to be a top six kind of guy, and I think that that potential is still there. That offense hasn't changed that much. They still are going to be looking to the tight end. Um, now I don't think it's going to be Mo Ali Cox, and I'm not. I don't think it's going to be Granson this year. He's another third year breakout guy, and this is going to year two for him. I like Jelani Woods. Um, I've been trying to take him in the third round of my rookie drafts where I can. I've seen him go in the second round quite a few times. Um, I I liked Granson last year. They were very excited to draft him, I think, in the third or fourth round out of SMU. Um, uh, he's a guy that I've got stashed on a couple of rosters and hoping that he does come to fruition. Jelani Woods is another good guy to stash. He's he's very raw, but he's the most athletic person on the planet. So he he's a great if you can grab him and stash him, that'd be that'd be really good too. Um, so I'm not expecting much out of this tight end room this year, but going forward, I think that uh, both those guys, Granson and Woods, I'd like to have them on stash on a few rosters myself. 
Yeah. Um, I, I think Big Mac would be the guy that I actually would be the most interested in this year. And I'm yeah. not interested yeah. much at all, to be honest. But yeah, tight end three, maybe. Yeah. Now, on your roster. But again, it goes it goes in line with what else is going on at the, with this team. And Matt Ryan has shown that he likes tight ends sometimes. So uh, I, I think there's it's reasonably. I would reasonably expect Big Mac to have a decent year. And as for Granson and Jelani Woods, like those guys, th- those are John's team kind of guys. So, you know what? Well, I'll watch come for knocking. the progress. Like, yeah. listen for the name. If they like catch a touchdown or two, you say, hmm, okay. And then you feel good about keep- keeping the stash of them. No, I say, God damn it. And I tear up my DraftKings lineup. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Well, it was a fun one, John. Just the two of us. We made it and we tried. Uh, this was episode 59 of The Long Game. Uh, goodbye. Bye. <laughs> we'll see you next week, guys.